You're listening to Books Are My People, a podcast for book lovers with book news, recommendations, and ruminations on living a literary life in Los Angeles. This is episode 91, and I'm recording on Wednesday, December 7th. I'm so happy. It's December. November was a bit of a dumpster fire of a month. Our hamster passed away on Thanksgiving, and two days later, our pet duck was attacked by a hawk and passed away. I had to do two weeks of a topical chemotherapy for recurring skin cancer on my scalp. I had melanoma when I was 25, and I share this only to remind everyone to wear a hat wherever you go, because I wish I had in my teens and 20s. And then I had a little trip to the emergency room because an ovarian cyst the size of an orange that I didn't even know was lurking inside my body ruptured. So how's that for a TMI info dump? I'm looking forward to a calm, relaxing, and very uneventful December. And of course, I'm looking forward to talking about books. So let's get to it with some bookish news. I've been slowly compiling best of lists for 2022, and I will leave a link in the show notes to a blog post on my website where I link them all up in case you want to peruse them all in one place. Bernadette Mayer, known for her stream of consciousness poetry, has passed away at the age of 77. I vividly remember reading her work in college. From Brooklyn, she was educated at the New School and broke into the creative arts with her work, Memory a collection of over 100 photographs paired with a seven-hour-long recording of her talking about her images. And she was also the author of many books, including poetry and experimental language. The flat above the bookshop where Notting Hill was filmed is for sale for around $2.7 million. It's a three-story apartment on Portobello Road in West London, above the travel bookshop from the movie, and it even boasts a steam room. It would be very dangerous if I lived above a bookshop. LeVar Burton is narrating a new version of A Christmas Carol. It will be available for free, and I'll leave a link in the show notes. Could be fun to download and listen to as a family during the holiday season. Kristen Stewart will be making her directorial debut on the film The Chronology of Water, based on Lydia Yuknovich's memoir, and I discussed this book on episode 16 of Books Are My People if you want to learn more about it. It's an absolutely fantastic read. Here are some new releases that I would like to add to my ever-growing list. I have not read these books yet, but they are all out either tomorrow or last Tuesday. The Splendid Ticket by Bill Cotter, and this is about a woman who wins a $342 million lottery, but will the wind tear her life apart? It's been getting great reviews and looks like it's both funny and moving. And that was The Splendid Ticket by Bill Cotter. Next is The Bird Tattoo by Danya McHale. This is a sweeping novel set over two tumultuous decades in Iraq from the National Book Award nominated author of The Beekeeper. That's The Bird Tattoo by Danya McHale. At Certain Points We Touch by Lauren John Joseph. This is a novel about queer friendship, first love, and unbridled youth. It's been getting excellent reviews. And that is At Certain Points We Touch by Lauren John Joseph. And last but not least is The Tudors in Love, Passion and Politics in the Age of England's Most Famous Dynasty by Sarah Gristwood. This is pretty self-explanatory history, nonfiction, all about the Tudors. I love reading about the Tudors. There's a new series on Netflix about the Tudors, and I love it. And as a total non sequitur, I recently watched Lady Chatterley's Lover on Netflix, based, of course, on D.H. Lawrence's novel, and 
I loved it. It reminded me of a Merchant Ivory film, but with a lot more nudity. I thought it was fantastic. Paperbacks coming out tomorrow and last week include My Annihilation, written by Fuminori Nakamura, translated by Sam Bett. Nakamura is a master of literary noir, and this is one of those sort of complicated narratives that works almost like a puzzle, focused on the psychological motives of a killer. And that's My Annihilation by Fuminori Nakamura, translated by Sam Bett. Next is Out There, stories by Kate Folk, and this grabbed my attention because the focus is on like weird and uncomfortable stories. And I do love a short story and I really love a weird story. And that's Out There, Stories by Kate Folk. Next is The Violin Conspiracy by Brendan Slocum. This is a thriller mystery about a black violinist whose very expensive violin is stolen from him right before he's supposed to play. And uh, the book is about who stole it and why. And it also looks at racism in the classical music world. I talked about this book on episode 76, if you want to learn more about it. And that is The Violin Conspiracy by Brendan Slocum. I am so excited about our guest today because she is the first guest to do what she does as a vocation to be on this show. And I am talking about Anna Caputo. You may not recognize her name, but you will most certainly recognize her voice if you are an audiobook listener. Anna Caputo is a voice actor and audiobook narrator whose work includes New York Times bestsellers and national commercial campaigns. Her narration credits include books by authors Veronica Roth, James Patterson, Julie Clark, former Books Are My People guest, Melissa De La Cruz, and many more. Her voice can be heard narrating literary fiction, mystery, thriller, science fiction, and young adult. She lives in the Bay Area with her husband, dog, and two minions. So hello, Anna. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. You are our first audiobook narrator to grace us with your presence. Yes, it's very exciting. So I am completely riveted by your job and I have so many questions. So let's get to it. So Tell everyone how you got into being an audiobook voiceover narrator. So it's sort of a weird, I mean, I guess there's probably a lot of people that have had this, but um, so early pandemic, I just was, I had just had a baby and I was like, well, I wonder, there's obviously people do this, right? Like there's people doing this. There's These are people's voices. So I looked it up and I came across this article that was total nonsense that was like, anybody can be an audiobook narrator, just, you know, buy this microphone. And I was like, okay. So I, <laughs> so I like... Um, what is the word? I uh, used got grommet like a grommet hammer tool thing, and I um grabbed some moving blankets out of my garage and threw them up in my closet. And I auditioned for a book on this website called acx.com where you can audition for independent um authors' books. And I somehow landed my very first audition, and so that started the um started it for me. And I'm now I I, I went from that first closet into a blanket fort, and I just recently got a really fancy new real vocal booth which is really exciting this is my very first thing I'm doing in it so that's cool um and uh and yeah and I've just you know done a million hours of coaching and and learning and training since then and just fell totally in love 
That's amazing. Did did you have an acting background or it was just something that interested you? I did not. Normally people do. Um, I did not. I've listened to, uh, you know, 10 or 15 years of audiobooks, which listening does help. Um, And I have just done a ton and ton and ton of acting training since. You narrated my friend Julie Clark's novel, The Lies I Tell. Yes, it was one of my favorite ones that I've done. It was such a good book. It's such a great book. What She's been on the show as well. I once heard from an author who was recording their own audiobook that eating a tart green apple before recording helps keep your mouth moist. Do you have any tips for people, perhaps podcast recorders like myself, or any wisdom you could pass along? I mean, there's so many things, right, that everybody says, and I'm honestly, I shouldn't even admit this, but terrible about doing them. I mean, warming up is huge, and I'm really bad about doing it. As you can hear, my voice, it's it's early for me here, and... (laughs) My voice is not warmed up. Um, And then obviously just drinking a bunch of water as I sit here with my coffee. But yes, those are probably the two. They sound very basic, but they're they're very um, tried and true. (laughs) I down the coffee first thing in the morning and then I'm completely dehydrated and then I record a podcast. Probably not the best decision. (laughs) How long does it usually take you to complete a book length recording? Yeah, it really depends on the book. It depends on how heavy it is. Like if it's nonfiction and it has a lot of, um, you know, technical terms or things like that, that that can sometimes take longer or if there's a lot of different characters and you have to kind of keep them all straight. Um, I would say the typical, once you've prepped it, so there's prepping is like reading and getting all your characters straight and looking up all the words and anything else you might need to know ahead of time. If you take that out of the equation, I think the general, um, the average or whatever is uh, about two hours per every finished hour that you're listening to hmm. in the actual booth sitting down recording. And are the publishers, are the authors sending you notes or, you know, certain tips for how you maybe mood or how they how they want you to approach their work? Not mood. I mean, like typically what you get if you get anything, which is you often don't, um, is maybe pronunciations of certain things, but often and I'll have to sort of put together a list of questions um, for the author and ask, you know, h- how they want their characters' names pronounced. Or um, sometimes, like, there are places where I just, I cannot find, like, they're too obscure of places. I can't find how to pronounce them, so I'll ask the authors that. Um, things like that. We'll typically put together sort of a list and send it off to the publisher, and they'll ask the author for us. And if you weren't an audiobook narrator, what job do you think you'd have? So that's funny. I My undergrad degree was in geology and my graduate degree was in um, therapy. So I'd probably be doing something in one of those two fields, although it took me about a decade to find myself here. And I've, I just I hope that I never have to find out because I just love this. I love it. <laughs> oh, that's so great. That's amazing. And what project are you looking forward to working on next? So the very first author that I mentioned earlier, um, that was actually book three in a series, and I'm now doing book five. Her name is Erin Scott, and the book that I did first was called Literally Gone, and that was book three in her series, and I am going to be doing book five, and I'm it's going to be super fun. I did her first book in my first booth, and her second booth in my, book in my second booth, and now I'm doing her third book in my third. It'll be, it's a, and, and it was the first book in each booth, so it's actually pretty funny. <laughs> That's hysterical. Thank you so much for speaking to us. This is riveting. I'm just fascinated. And I wish I could send you a photo of my very cobbled together recording studio here and um, (laughs) see what yours looks like because it's totally unprofessional over here. I would like to know what a professional recording booth looks like. So we're going to move on to books right now. And Anna is going to start us off. 
The first book that I'm going to recommend is not one that I narrated, but one that a colleague both wrote and narrated herself, which I just am so impressed by. Um, It's called Thank You for Listening by Julia Whalen. Um, It's a story of self-discovery, romance, friendship, family. Um, The main character is named Swanee, and she grew up dreaming of being an actress and was just about to get her big break um, in acting on camera when she had a freak accident and loses her eye. And she has to step away from being on camera and into the booth and becomes an audiobook narrator, um, where she uses her talent from acting to bring the pages of book to life for her readers. She leads a super structured life until one night, sort of at the beginning of the story, where she ends up spending a romantic night with a stranger, which puts her on this path of self-discovery. And first, a romance, but also a story of rediscovering herself, working through the loss of those in our lives, even if they're still with us, and looking at what friendships mean and how that changes over time. It's really compelling and artfully written, and Julia Whalen is just amazing and brings her own words to the page just in this way that is indescribable. So I would highly recommend listening to it if you are an audiobook listener. Um, again, that book was Thank You for Listening by Julia Whalen. My first pick is Backlist, and it's Daisy Darker by Alice Feeney, and this came out on August 30th. I've been reading a ton of suspense lately because I'm currently writing a suspense novel, and I think it's such a fun genre and there are so many different and creative ways to approach it. In this book, Daisy was born with what she describes as a broken heart, a lot of heart problems, and doctors have told her parents that she wouldn't live past 15. But now she's 29, she has two older sisters, also named after flowers, and her heart condition has really changed her approach to life. The person she is closest to is her Nana, who lives in this huge estate called Seaglass on a cliff overlooking the ocean on the Cornish coast. Halloween is approaching, and that's Nana's birthday, and the whole family is gathering, which is a bit stressful because there's lots of tension between everyone. Daisy's parents are now divorced, but Nana has invited both of them, as well as Daisy's sisters and some other relatives, and Halloween will mark Nana's 80th birthday. Daisy's grandmother is a writer and seems to be Daisy's biggest champion. She even wrote and illustrated a successful book called Daisy Darker's Little Secret. And the family all shows up to Seaglass because they've been circling like vultures waiting to get their hands on Nana's money. The entrance to the home is filled with 80 clocks, one for each year of Nana's life, and this is not a spoiler because it happens very early on, but at the stroke of midnight on the first night with a storm brewing, Nana is dead. However, curiously, an hour later, when the clocks all strike again, another family member dies, and the guests soon realize that as each hour passes, someone in the house is going to die. This was such a fun, suspenseful read. It's a total page turner. It has gothic vibes, and I think this will make a perfect holiday cozy up by the fire with a big cup of tea read. Definite Agatha Christie vibes here. And again, that's Daisy Darker by Alice Feeney. What is your next pick? Uh, My next pick is Poster Girl by Veronica Roth, who was the author of the Divergent series. Um which I was very honored to be able to narrate. Uh, It's a dystopian fiction. It's actually an adult. She's veered into adult fiction. Um, And the story is told from a really unique perspective. So it's the perspective of the face of the dystopian regime after it fell. So the story takes place 10 years after the fall of this dystopian regime called The Delegation. Um, 
in that regime, they had these ocular devices implanted in everyone's brain. So they were in your eye and they monitored your every move and you were living on this sort of reward system within the society. Um, and then there was an uprising and it fell. And so we start the book 10 years after with Sonia Cantor, who is in this prison where they, it was sort of like a community style prison where they locked up all of the um the sort of anybody who sort of survived that was in the delegation. Um, and uh, anyway, so we start the story there and um, somebody comes, one of her old enemies comes in and offers her a chance to get her freedom back. If she can find, if we, she can find this girl who was taken from her family during the delegation's reign throughout the process of trying to find this girl, she uncovers all of these secrets about the delegation and her family and her friends during that time. And it's sort of a story of her deconstructing her indoctrination. And there's a little bit of a love story mixed in. And it is just, I love this kind of book that feels sort of like literary fiction with sci-fi mixed in. And it was just, it was a really good story. Um, Again, that book is Poster Girl by Veronica Roth. That sounds great. I love the Divergent series. She's such a creative writer. My next pick is Cursed Bunny by Bora Chung, which came out December 6th. I'm not sure if it's cursed or cursed. I feel like the jury's out on how the author might pronounce that. Um, It was translated by Anton Herr. And this collection of short fiction was originally published in 2017 in South Korea, but with the help of translator Anton Herr, it's now being published in the States. I am a huge fan of works in translation. I wish I could speak all the languages and read books in their original form, but I'm so thankful to translators who open up whole new worlds for me. And this collection was a Booker Prize nominee, which is my favorite book award. It's being called a debut, but it's not. Chung has published three novels and three collections of short fiction, but it is her U.S. debut. If you're looking for an optimistic, feel-good read, this is not the book for you. These stories are wildly inventive and dark, spanning a wide variety of genre influences, including fantasy and sci-fi and horror and magical realism. The stories jolt the reader from humor to the horrific. The collection is evocative of disturbing fairy tales, some scatological in nature, so if that bothers you, I also would not recommend this book. One story has handmade tale vibes. A pregnant woman is told she must find a father for her child or suffer the consequences. Another is about a cursed and shape-shifting lamp who takes on the appearance of an adorable rabbit. This is a book you will want to read under the covers with a flashlight, or if you're like me, in the middle of the day with the blinds open and all the lights on. It's a critique and reflection of the horrors of society, as well as an indictment on how women are treated. And it's a compelling and creepy read in all the best ways. So thank you to Algonquin Books and to NetGalley for the advanced review copy. And again, that's Cursed Bunny by Bora Chung, translated by Anton Herr. Anna, what's your last pick? My last pick is um, The Wilder Women by Ruth Emmy Lang. It was one of my most recent projects, and I just fell in love with it. Like, I don't normally, as an adult, I'm normally responsible enough not to stay up uh, late at night reading, but I did with this book. I stayed up until probably four in the morning. Um It is the story of two sisters whose mother mysteriously disappears when they're teenagers. She just like walks out one day. They don't have a dad um, and leaves them orphans. And you find out uh, pretty early on that both girls have supernatural gifts 
Finn, the younger one, can sense other people's memories in the spaces that she's in. And Zadie has psychic abilities, um, which she tries her hardest not to use. Um, so early in the story at Finn's graduation party, she gets an echo of their mother. And they were going to go on this trip to the beach. And they end up, she ends up talking her sister Zadie into going on a road trip, following these echoes of their mother and trying to see if they can find her. Um it's hard to explain because a big one of the big pulls of this book is just the writing style is just beautiful. And it just the way that she writes these characters makes you feel like you know them and want to know more. And um, so as you go through this sort of quest to find their mother, you know, you, you go through various self-discovery for sort of every character, um, relationship issues, and these girls and their mother figure out who they are along the way. It's told from the perspective of both girls and the mother. And it's just this beautifully written book about what it means to be family and with some magical realism mixed in throughout. So I highly, highly recommend it. Um, It is called The Wilder Women by Ruth Emmy Lang. Well, thank you so much for speaking with me today. Where can people find you on social media and see the long list of all the books you've narrated? If you look on Audible, you can search by my name, Anna Caputo. And then across all social media, I'm pretty much Anna Narrates. And my website is annanarrates.com. I've been listening to so many audiobooks while I'm painting or walking the dogs, and it's just such a great way to read while multitasking. So I suggest everyone go check out one of Anna's audiobooks. I'll leave a link in the show notes to her social media accounts. And of course, a link to my bookshop.org store, Books Are My People, where you can purchase all of the books and audiobooks we've talked about today. So before we go, my final question to you is, what are you going to be reading next? Oh, reading for fun? Well, actually, interestingly, I'm listening to a book, again, that I've a series that I've already listened to. It's like 120 total hours. <laughs> it's called The Superpowereds by Drew Hayes. And um, I'm just really having fun just relaxing back into the story. It's about these um, teens in a college who all have powers. Of course, there's a theme here, (laughs) who all have different powers. And um, it's just a really fun story. I am going to be reading the forthcoming Amy Popel novel, The Sweet Spot, which will be out next year. In the meantime, I hope you all have a wonderfully bookish week. Thanks so much, Anna. Thank you so much for having me.